Pepper for Your Steak is an adult podcast for those aged 25 years and older. Scientists and doctors tell me that that's the age that your frontal cortex is finally fully formed, whatever that means. Supposedly, that's when your brain is finished cooking. I'm not recommending anything in here, and I certainly don't accuse anybody of anything. This is all a work of fiction, fantasy, and entertainment. Enjoy. Check, 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 check. Check. Ooh. Halloween is back. Uh, used to be one of my favorite holidays. My name is Maverick Matthews. This is Pepper for Your Steak. Episode 2. Phase 2. Gee, we're just getting into the big numbers, aren't we? Uh, the easiest explanation for that is the DJ mix. The DJ mix takes time because I'm really doing them different now. Fully live mixes. So I have to kind of start from scratch each time. It could be compared to a, a uh, stand-up comedian having to do another hour of material. So really, one a month is extraordinarily fast. You should do one every six months and tour that set. But we're experimenting here, right? And this time, I got really lucky. I got really lucky with this DJ set. It all came together. Sometimes the stars align. For us, the stars align this time. I'm not saying this to brag. I'm saying this to be grateful. Uh, so I'm going to keep this talking portion of the podcast this month short this is definitely a DJ set worthy of a month-long amount of exercise, four or five days a week. I've already been running to it for over a week. I'm excited. Check it out. So this this episode um, is about ritual. We are entering the time of rituals. Halloween sort of st marks the beginning of at least what the masses acknowledge there's a lot of other groups of people i'll tell you in our country celebrating other rituals throughout the year okay a lot of different kinds of calendars and a lot of different meanings behind all of them but if you start researching the deep 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 dark past the farthest we can research okay and you look at what these rituals may have come from halloween for example a lot of things halloween could be if you look it up most websites will tell you, oh, it's a pagan ritual, 2,000 years old, blah, blah, blah. I don't believe that. I think Halloween was a celebration of a time when an event happened that wiped out most of the human population on the planet. Uh, just like what happened to the dinosaurs, wiped the dinosaurs out. Well, a lot of geologists and scientists believe it's completely possible that we almost got wiped out too. And this may have been recorded as what some people call a diluvial event or a giant water event where the oceans rose. And people were like, it rained for 40 days. No, maybe an asteroid hit a giant glacier and melted it. You know, what if there was more glaciation on the planet and we really lived even farther down? In the sea? Who, no, who knows? But I like to think of Halloween as a time when, we, when people are celebrating the fact that we survived somehow. So when you go out and you see the people dressing up like ghosts and goblins, and this, it's, it's such an amalgam of so many of our fears now. It's basically like 
it's basically like a nice version of the purge Halloween is we where we all go boo there's crazy things that we don't understand and we're really afraid of them sometimes but let's make light of it and keep having fun sure you can you can choose to I'm entering a different phase of adulthood now I'm adulting hardcore with a kid so I'm reevaluating, like, what am I doing here? I was ready to coast this motherfucker out bachelor style, like, hard, you know? And now I'm changing my trajectory. Our boat has a new course, uh, and really, the whole idea is that uh, I have to question everything moving forward because I need to know if I'm just passing on bullshit or not to my son. Halloween has become kind of one of those things. Now, if you look into some of the darker side of Halloween around Beltane or or any of the worship of Baal, which goes back to ancient Sumeria, a lot of people would say that that was the birth of the, our material consciousness, if you want to be scientific about it. If you want to be really esoteric, you would say, this is where the influence of the light bringer came into the world and manifested evil. There's a lot of different ways to... D- describe that energy but make no mistake about it it's not a super positive energy it was a materialistic energy if you don't know what I'm talking about this is extremely top end advanced (laughs) esoteric uh, stuff and occult stuff so sorry about that look up those names start somewhere but man I don't have time to explain all that what I'm saying is I believe this holiday or this ritual of Halloween has much older roots than most people realize. I believe it stretches back to a time, and this is because of what I've read. This is not an original theory. This is the theory I've adopted based on the opinions and reporting of many, many others, both hundreds, thousands of years ago even, uh, you know, uh, people from Greece, Rome, all, all, you know, everybody talks about this. So to say that it's only 2,000 years old, really... What all the main narrative is trying to do is obfuscate the truth. Because the more you are manipulated, the more they can get you to buy shit. It's a holiday of celebration and disguises, so buy your disguise! Ugh. To digress, you know, since I am moving into this adulting thing, I decided that uh, I would reevaluate all of our holidays, or we would as a family, and decide what we're going to celebrate and what they mean moving forward. You know, winter is this whole rebirth cycle from the frozen wastelands. Easter has become our spring festival. You know, we're taking everything back. We're making it pagan again, because guess what? When you have individual beliefs that focus on your tribe, then the, the needs of your tribe are what are moved forward. But if you adopt these giant narratives and, and you just fall in with everybody else, the needs of no one are met, okay? Now, I'm not saying you should completely break away from society, but I'm saying you should take back your rituals. And even if you just light a candle every day and say the names of your ancestors, your tribal history is what's important. Okay, and secondary is the history narrative of a planet. Most people I know can't even tell me their own history. I can barely tell you mine. This is a shame. We have to change this. Moving forward, everybody has to have a narrative that we know our grandparents, that we know our parents. Even if they were bad people, you still need to know who they were. These are the branches of your tree. 
Imagine a time when a storm came in and wiped out a huge component of, of humanity's tree and the maybe hundreds or thousands of survivors, maybe 12,000 years ago, all they, all they were left with when the waters receded or when whatever happened ended and they could come out of the caves. What if the world was just covered in carnage, dead bodies everywhere, hanging everywhere? Think about this next time you drive around and look at Halloween decorations. Doesn't it feel that way? That some huge horrific event happened and almost wiped out all of humanity and the ones that survived have passed down the gratitude of that experience through the ritual of Halloween well what really attracts me to this idea of a giant cataclysm engulfing the planet somehow and reducing the world's population to a small number who then somehow kept this ritual even if it is in telephone form where it's warped and changed now and something else we're still celebrating it that's so rad to me and I really believe this if you look at a lot of history ancient history it does have deeper roots but here's what's attractive to me about it if that's true if the world's population was reduced to a small number of let's just say thousands of people on the whole planet then you are the progeny of those people. We all are. Eight billion of us. That's fucking insane. We are a virus. We are a bacteria. Bacteria is better. Faster replicant. When Joe Rogan said we might be the bacteria here to eat the sandwich... It's totally possible. Wow. Okay, so think about that. When you drive around and you see all these Halloween skeletons in people's yards. Just remember that a lot of scientists and a lot of very educated people believe that at some point in our human history, we almost didn't make it. It's a cool idea to look into. Explore it. That's the focus of this podcast. What did make it? Rituals. Some rituals. You know. What rituals do you use in your life? What do you acknowledge? Do you use anything to steer your internal dialogue? Or is that thing just fucking rambling all day long? Does it even have a concise nature to it? Can you do anything to control it? I would suggest that the most powerful ritual you could incorporate into your life, and then we're going to move on here, would be exercise. Exercise on the regular. That's why I furnished this incredible DJ mix for you this month. Please, if you can't handle what I'm saying, fucking skip to it. Don't miss the beginning. It starts off very classic. I mean, I build it up from nothing. I tried to make a classic mashup set. And I am also pleased to say that live shows are going to be happening very soon. Let's... Do some intro music while you think about Halloween. Because whether or not you choose to acknowledge it, choosing to ignore something and just let it cruise through your life, yeah, Halloween's happening, you know, whatever. Yeah, that's fine. You just ignored a ritual possibility in your life. You could use it to enrich your life. It doesn't have to be the commercial dumb bullshit version. You can invite friends over for an amazing dinner and say, hey, I've been thinking about this. We need to spend more time together, and I wanted to take this particular ritual back. 
because they're being homogenized to turn us all into sheeple. If you don't believe that, pay attention. I think it's bad now. <laughs> Just wait. <laughs> all right. Pepper for your steak. October 24th. We are days away from All Hallows' Eve, from All Saints' Day, from whatever you call the day that many, many cultures have decided to remember all their dead. You know what would be cool? To say all the names of your dead relatives on that day. To do the research to figure out what they are. I realized I can't remember my German grandmother's full name. I just called her Oma. And she's been gone for almost 40 years. But, you know, an amazing movie to watch, by the way, is Coco. It really, this, that's really what got me thinking about what it, does it mean what if there, what if energy, it's not a what if, we know energy's more real, we just don't have the faculty to understand it yet, and the vocabulary to describe it properly, but we know it's there, and so when you see movies like Inside Out, and you see movies like Coco, and, and they have these cartoons which begin the process of articulating energies and emotions and feelings and the way that our lives are framed in different ways. But that, that's exactly the kind of dialogue we should all be having with each other. Because that's how we understand ourselves better and we get closer. I cannot tell you how many times I've realized, holy shit, I need to go for a run. I'm being kind of an asshole. It's, it's true. Especially in men. If you allow your testosterone and, and everything to, to not find a release... You'll become a dick. It's true. Sex, exercise, it's all true. All right, sorry, I'm getting on a tangent. Rituals coming up. We have Halloween, and then we have Thanksgiving, and then we have Hanukkah, Christmas, Kwanzaa, New Year's, all the different peak time celebrations of the other ones that co-opted the original shit. The podcasts throughout these seasons are going to be all examining the origins of these rituals. So look forward to that. The Christmas ones are going to be bonkers. The Thanksgiving ones bonkers. But for Halloween, just remember, I think, and so do a lot of people, this is actually a celebration of a time when we almost bit the dust. So it's cool. Dress up like the dead. Ha ha, everybody else died except for us. It's pretty fucking macabre if you think about it. <laughs> Jesus. How about instead say the names of your dead ancestors and, re and remember them? Maybe dress up like what they used to represent. I don't know. But change this and bring it back to your tribe. It's time to take your life and your rituals back. Think about that. Intro music, please. See, we live in both a very fragile and precious experiment in democracy. And we live in an empire that is experiencing profound decline. So, so you're saying the reptilians are luring humans to, like, Hawaii to vacate to vacation spots? The news is there to scare white people. I've said this for years. Because you know, to live this life, you can't live the life everyone else lives. You're not going to be partying on the weekends. You're going to be performing on the weekends. You're not going to be watching the big uh, game on a Thursday night because you'll be in a club. You have to have that mindset that you don't belong. You don't go to the rhythm of the rest of the world. 
I could listen to Tom Papa say that a million fucking times. I know I say it every time. You have to live with the mindset that you don't go with the rhythms of the rest of the world. You want to be a fucking special snowflake with an act like one. Go be different. Oh, why? Why not just relax and have a beer and watch football and eat a roasted chicken? What's wrong with that, Maverick? Why do I have to put so much effort in? You don't. But psychologically, you will not reap the rewards. The reason you should put effort in is because there are real rewards if you change the system that you are soaked in. It's like a bath water. Everybody shits on hot tubs. I love hot tubs. You know why? Because a proper hot tub is chemically maintained and mechanically filtered. It actually is extremely scientific. They measure the pH of the water. I know this because I have two fucking hot tubs, okay? You have to have a hot tub. Get a hot tub. You need heat therapy. Both of my hot tubs right now are broken. One of them actually is completely dead. Now, I didn't buy top-of-the-line $10,000 fucking hot tubs. I don't have that kind of money yet. But I bought some really badass inflatable ones, and I didn't expect them to have the lifespan that was bonkers. I got about three years out of a really good Coleman one. That was awesome. 105 degrees every day. Boom. 300 bucks. That is an investment that you should consider. It's so Amazing to have heat therapy in your life. And now that I don't have it, I feel the physical repercussions. My body does not feel as clean. I feel a little more achy, a little more like me. It's a kind of maintenance. In other words, it's a kind of ritual. What I'm trying to say here really poorly in a very verbose way is I promise you there are rewards if you begin to sharpen the knife or the spear that is your life. Remember, these podcasts are really me talking to myself, trying to keep myself motivated. I'm just letting you guys listen in. And there's a couple young people I talk to, and I want them to stay focused and motivated because this is fucking hard, man. It is hard. It's hard. It's hard. Life is fucking hard. Right now, I have like three friends who are fucking negotiating with the Grim Reaper, you know, and others who aren't far away. I was talking to my brother a couple days ago, and now that I'm 40, this shit's not, it's not like it's going to improve, you know. I'm not going to notice a dramatic improvement in all my peers' health. This is when the great decline begins between 40 and 65. I think statistically, I'm going to lose like 30%. Of our range in that in that time. And after that range, that number goes up pretty good. <laughs> Between 65 and 75, it's like another 50%. So, I, I don't know how accurate those numbers are, but I guarantee they're not that far off. Like, you're going to fucking die. Okay, we're all going to die. But I'll tell you what. Once you really start having fun in this goddamn experience... That's when you really grasp that it is finite. It is such a double-edged sword. It cuts so deep. The Buddhists were so right. 
Life is pain. It is suffering. And you get little granular bits of happiness that are sprinkled in there. And sometimes those are fucking tasty and they last a while. But inevitably, life will come back to kick you in the balls real fucking soon. So focus on those granules. Create those granules in your life. Be positive. Make happy choices. Choose to laugh. Choose not to take things so fucking seriously. Choose to let things slide off your shoulders. To not give a fuck what other people think about you. To know that you do things in your life not because there are laws, not because you're supposed to, not because you had a friend that told you you should, not because you saw somebody else doing it and it looked cool. You're doing it because you thought it through and it's the right thing to do. Man, that's a very short sentence with decades worth of experience to interpret. And I certainly don't have enough. But think about that. You should be doing things because it's the right thing to do. Making your bed in the morning. Keeping your house clean. Keeping your car clean. Keeping your space clean. Keeping your body clean. Taking care of your body. Eating good foods. Speaking to people in nice ways. Opening doors for people. Keeping your fucking mouth shut more often. Being a gentle person. Finding out what that means. Reading more. Meditating daily. Sleeping more. The list never ends. That's why it's a practice. You have to work on all of it all the time forever. That's what I mean when I say life is suffering. Because that's all work. That All of that is what sucks. And you could say that work is suffering. Because I'd rather be getting my balls licked in a fucking hot tub. I think we all would. And if you work hard enough, you can actually increase the percentage of time that that happens. I promise. I'm really pitching myself here. Please, Maverick, buy into what you're saying. It's true. You just have a little farther to go. Man, I leveled up in between the last two podcasts. I'm, I hit a benchmark in this creepy-ass Hollywood town. I'm going to try not to get choked up. <laughs> I became such a sap when I went through the last two years of emotional trauma. You know, my mother passing away and my son being born at the same time. PTSD, what it does is it brings your emotional state very close to the surface. And I, I struggled with it for decades after my dad died when I was a kid and, you know, all the crazy shit that happened to us when we were young. Jim Carrey once said, and he continues to say, that life is what happens for you. It's not what happens to you. That is such a crucial difference in the way to interpret what's happening. Because I can now look at each one of the forks in my road and say that if I had chosen to interpret them as as the end of the line, it, you know, you would, it would have been valid. I'm a heroin addict now. I couldn't handle my childhood, you know. I got molested and my fucking dad died in front of me and blah, 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 blah. I don't 
claim to be responsible for the strength and discipline that pushed me to not make that decision. I think it was being inspired by so many amazing people around me in my extended family and just in this world. If you really look for it, there are people doing some incredible shit. That's why The Rock is part of my Instagram feed. <laughs> How cheesy is that? But the guy's inspiring as fuck. He's super positive. He's our modern-day Arnold Schwarzenegger. He literally took Arnold's book and just copied it. It's brilliant. There's nothing wrong with doing that. You want to do it, do it. It's easy. You become a super fun, positive guy. You sharpen your brain so that your wit is always ready. And you try your hardest in everything. I haven't done that my whole life. In fact, I can say that there have been periods when I've done that, at best. It's hard to stay motivated. But for some reason, past all those weird forks, I didn't quit on this stupid Hollywood dream. Now, when you understand why people get Hollywood dreams, it's almost always the same reason. I'd say there's really two reasons. But one is probably responsible for more level-headed, normal celebrity, and that is growing up in a family of celebrity. Now, there's a lot of bad examples of that. It fucks people up if they get in too early or if their parents are manipulative and overbearing and predators. Let's just call them predators. You know, Michael Jackson's parents are predators. Okay? Predators for that fame. And when you are, when you become a predator for that fame, you, you're doing it because you want love. You want adoration. That's the other one. You either grow up in a celebrity family and you mimic people and you see how they hold celebrity, how they cultivate charisma because it is something you can cultivate and how they become attractive people. And they begin to attract this attention that is quantifiably valuable in our society. It's called celebrity. It used to be a lot harder to attain. Now you could be any jackass off the street in a reality show. It's much easier. Doesn't mean everybody can get it. Still requires walking a road fraught with danger. And that's what's crazy about coming to Hollywood to try to do something. Be an actor, be a whatever. In anything in front of the camera. You have to be a little mentally broken. Because if you're going to make it, something has to be driving you the entire time behind the scenes. Nope. Ignore them. They don't know what they're talking about. They don't know that you're good. Just keep going. Just keep going. Even when you're not good in the beginning. Put your head down. Just keep going. Put your head down. Just keep going. Fuck these people. Put your head down. Just keep going. Your family. You're not going to make it. This is a terrible career choice. You know, you ha you ha there has to be something deep fucking in you to drive you to do that. I don't even understand mine completely. But I absolutely am aware that it comes from a place of not feeling enough love. And that's weird because I'm in a time now where I'm trying to take responsibility for everything. 
And there must be a component of that, which is my fault. Like, how much did I expect to get? I think every child is owed an allotment greater than we, in, in Western American society, than we give them. I think it's a shame. And this is going to be the certainly biggest challenge in my life probably over the next 20 years. You know, and if you've ever heard the phrase, the sins of your sins of our fathers, you know, this baggage that we walk around with, that's what we're trying to correct. It takes a lot of damage to put you here in Hollywood and make you just say, keep going, keep going to live in a car homeless with your dog in a two-door Jeep. Everybody I know that has done anything significant in this town, I don't know that many people, but I know some pretty fucking amazing ones, and they're doing really well, crushing here, traveling the world, you know, making money, seeing things, exploring, really rad. Everybody like that that I know went through a period in the very beginning where it was like, holy shit. Like, I completely understand why people suck dick for work here now. You know? I've always said if it was that easy, if I could suck somebody's dick and get into a multi-million dollar movie where I get paid money, I I always said that I would have done it. Never got presented the opportunity. That's not completely true, actually. That's not true. I just remembered one. It did not take. Holy shit, I need to tell that story. Okay, I'll try to tell that story in the next podcast. I'm going to wrap this up here in a minute. We're moving to the music, son. But I wanted to tell this story because I, I was tempted to make this whole episode um, like my personal family history. And the reason I was going to do that was because within our personal tribe, this month has a really heavy date in it. I'm not going to go into specifics because it's private. It belongs to our tribe. It's not what we share. And you should develop your own. But we choose to remember our... Um, those who have gone before us on the days they actually were born and died. So this month was huge for me and continues to be big throughout the rest of the year. You know, we have different days, but those days are going to increase in number, unfortunately. You know, Halloween's a great reminder of it. Death is going to be all around you. You have to find that kernel inside you that keeps keeps you going. Especially in the moments where you don't feel like it. And this is the hardest thing. I've been great. Like, I've been at the bottom of the barrel depression. I've been suicidally depressed before. I think it is a normal swing of the human emotion. And it is the reason why we should have a more open psychological dialogue between tribal members and friends about how hard things are hitting us and about the nature of grief and sadness because that's how we develop tools to deal with these things. But since we live in a society where there's no fucking tools for anybody, not even kids, well, suicide rates going through the roof. I would suggest that this isn't an accident. This is a reduction in the world's population, guys. This is it. This is when the new world order comes in and takes over. <laughs> It's happening right now. Pay attention. 
we've got almost every country in the World Bank and everything's got everything squaring away. Meanwhile, people are just sitting in their living rooms going, like, where's that football at? Uh, with them chicken and beer. Now, God bless. I like to do this stuff, too. I'm just saying. So much of my youth, I look back on these ritual times. And when everybody gets together, let's sit down for this huge meal. Previous to that huge meal, all the kids would be losing their minds. They'd be playing as hard as they could. Whether we were in South Texas on some giant ranch or on somebody's farm in Hawaii or we're, or up in the mountains in Riodosa, New Mexico. Wherever we were before the meal, hours before the meal, we would always want to get there as early as we could. The reason was... The kids would be playing hard. Kids would get hurt. They would be so fucking excited. The energy to have all those kids together. Meanwhile, the adults were talking serious and drinking tons of beer. And nah, nah, nah. Do you see the progression there? This is what we're trying to do for our rituals, and I would suggest to you, you have to make your experiences more like what the kids were doing. The kids were doing the right stuff during those rituals, and you could barely drag them in for the meal. And when they came in, they were hungry, and they were passionate. Being a child is not being rambunctious. Being a child means that you're vital. You're filled with energy. It breaks my heart. There's nothing more evil in our planet than medicating children to keep them focused about something. Uh-oh. Well, we have a phone call. Let's cut to commercial. And we're back. Uh, the chances of me needing to speak to anyone in East Palestine, Ohio, probably not very high. Sorry about that. That will be an occasional annoyance. The landline is the only way to reach me at the Timber Valley Stronghold. So... Oh, no, sorry, that's the old place. The Shadow Valley Lodge. That was a place in New Mexico. Many, many moons and many podcasts ago. Uh, so I'm going to wrap this up. I just wanted to um, kind of riff on the idea that the direction I want to be moving as a family and the direction you should be moving is away from the homogenization of our culture, our Western culture where everybody's the same, and you walk down, and you never, hi, Bob, and everybody's doing the same thing, we're all celebrating the same bullshit. No, the way that we take our country back as citizens is by forming our tribes back up. What does that mean? Well, you got to create your own tribal rituals for your family, your clan, get them together, invite others in, strangers, invite those who don't have clans in, bring them in. I used to do this thing when I was teaching snowboarding in the mountains, because uh, I would always be up there for Thanksgiving, and the resorts aren't even open yet, most of them anyway. And uh, so we would have misfits Thanksgiving. Because I was broke during those years, I couldn't go home to spend Thanksgiving with my family. So I would uh, invite everybody over who, who was in the same boat, and it was always a lot of people. And we would always have a great time. You should have misfits at every ritual. This idea... Some people in my family really have struggled with this idea. I'm not going to out them. But this idea that like it's just about the family and outsiders can't be there, that is not the answer. That is the wrong place to come from. Because we are all a family of man. 
remember from the beginning of the podcast where it turns out we're all descended from a few small bands or tribes that managed to survive probably more than one cataclysm in the trajectory of human history? Not to mention aliens coming down and manipulating our DNA and turning us into a slave race. Oh, sorry, sorry. Um, but I've been at family dinners where it was like, you can't bring outsiders because we just want to have the tight family party. Just the family. The family. Oh, just the family. Well, now my, my family's all dead. And because we excluded so many people when we were when it was an earlier time when we were really trying to hold on to the core of the tribe too hard, in the trajectory in the long trajectory of things, that attitude will just make your tribe smaller. That's not what you want. I wish America could be one great tribe again. It can. But a lot of mindsets have to change. People have to start thinking again. Stop using drugs. I'm not talking about illegal drugs. I'm talking about drugs which help you turn off. If you take drugs because you have anxiety or depression or mental illness or everything, I was in that boat. I was in, in places where I could easily have gotten prescriptions for any of that stuff. I'm not saying you can always heal yourself. I, you know, this is a biological mechanism and it can break. But if, if you have the wherewithal to at least consider your reality, you should be doing everything in your power to repair yourself also. It's like taking a car into the mechanic. You don't just go fix whatever's wrong and just send me the bill later. You know that's an easy way to get a bill that costs more than your car. Nobody does that with mechanics. Why would we do it with our own human body? Believe that you are empowered. Believe that the placebo effect is real. That your brain does affect your, physio physio <laughs> your physiology and physiological outcomes. Believe that you have autonomy and you have a right to think individually. It's okay. You don't have to feel guilt over it. If you're not hurting anybody else, if you're just doing your thing, if you're just weaving through this rushing river, Remember that it is almost impossible not to have some kind of wake, not to have some kind of effect on others. But if you do your best, you can pretty much get up to whatever you want. All right, I'm going to do I'm going to read a quick story because I I, found, I stumbled on it and I thought it was really funny uh and cool. And then we're going to go for a run. So thank you so much. Before we leave, the last thing I want to leave you with is uh, I want to mention this one other time. T-shirts are now available at maverickmatthews.com. So go to the website and buy yourself a T-shirt. This is the only source of income for this podcast because I didn't want to have advertisers fucking your ear holes and all this other dumb shit. That's really what it is. It's like if you have an advertiser, then you're just exchanging brain time for money, other people's brain time. That's fine. If people want to do business that way, that's cool. That's why Patreon is so popular now. Patreon, people can give extra content away and, and people can pay for it. I may do my own version of that on a password-protected page. I'm considering it. 
But in the meantime, there are t-shirts for sale. And the t-shirts represent an idea I am giving birth to. It is an invisible college. If you don't know what an invisible college is, look that up. It dates back to ancient times. It's a collection of ideas passed around in a small group privately. It's not meant to exclude people. It's meant to protect the ideas. And because there's no actual structure where the college is, it's real hard to destroy anything. Can't destroy a collection of ideas. Ideas are the most powerful thing maybe in this universe. Everything you see around you first started as an idea and manifested itself into that tree. Whose idea? I don't know. But everything material that man has made also started by probably digging a hole. So, the way that we're starting this invisible college and funding it is by selling t-shirts. That way, you can identify yourself with it. It's a cool idea. All right? I'm not going to say much more about that. They're cheap. There's hoodies. There's collared shirts. Depends on how you want to look. Soon, there'll be swimwear uh, and underwear. But for now, and hats. And, uh, I was trying to think of something crazy, and I couldn't. Uh, but for now, we have three three styles. We got the V-neck T-shirt. We got the uh, hoodie, lightweight hoodie, uh, and then we have uh, some gray college college shirts, which are so they look sort of like instructor shirts. Pretty cool. But anyway, if the golf shirts is what they are, please consider supporting the podcast. Buy a T-shirt. They're inexpensive. They're high quality materials. They're designed by us, and they keep this podcast on the air. Money's not a huge focus on this podcast this isn't like the financial times we don't talk about moolah that much we will on occasion but unfortunately it's another complicated non-negotiable aspect of our reality right now and if i could have you send me i don't know cans of beans or food or if i could trade for these t-shirts i fucking can't wait to trade for these t-shirts be a lot of beans let's be honest cans of beans like dollar each so you'd have to bring me like 30 cans of beans you got to make the products more expensive than cash you know so many reasons we need cash but we have to go back to a system where we're actually passing gold around that's it just imagine that we're passing gold around and you can't do fractional reserve banking that's the solution gang secret tidbit hidden in the podcast if we go back to actual metals that have value you can't fractionally reserve because if you loan somebody money, you have to give them the metal. Right now, I can give you paper that means nothing and have no paper in the bank, but be like, you still owe me all that paper I made up. That's fractional reserve banking. Yikes. Okay, I don't know how the fuck I got on that tangent. I'm going to read this story real quick. Jesus Christ. I always spin out at the end. You can tell I'm getting my, like I'm running out of energy because my focus is off. I'm just excited. I leveled up this this month. Uh, I don't want to go into it. I'm not here to brag about what I did, but I just it, hitting milestones feels good. It makes you feel like you're you've been acknowledged and you at least didn't completely waste all your time. Although a lot of it still feels that way. <laughs> this story comes from a book called The Ted True Blood Hunting Treasury. Now it's kind of a random story to include here, but it's cool. Um it's not a very good read. 
I didn't uh, like practice this or anything. I just was reading this book and I decided to share a story from it. I'm not getting paid to promote it. I found it by Googling the number one hunting books of all time. And this guy's stuff was invariably mentioned on several lists. I started looking through all the hunting books on those lists because I wanted to find something that would keep me motivated. It's hunting season right now. I have friends hunting in Colorado and here, Hawaii, all over the place. I have yet to get my buck. I'm hunting in a range that is very, very sparse with deer. Game management in California, not very good. But uh, Ted Trueblood was originally a sport sports editor, sport writer for uh, a lot of different magazines, most, most famously Field and Stream. Got real famous as a sports writer. And eventually at the end of his life, very similar to Hunter Thompson. By the way, this guy looked like my grandfather. You know, he he was like an older white dude with a flannel jacket and a big red hunting hat and khaki pants and wearing his jeans like high boots, sitting next to a hunting dog on a log with the aspens changing color in the background and some old shotgun that has like two triggers. <laughs> um, that's the cover of this book he ended up taking his own life at the end of his life at 69 because he had terminal bone cancer does not look like the kind of guy who would do that everyone has their breaking point that seems like a reasonable one I've never held it against anybody who made it all the way through and was like you know this is my game food for thought I have no opinion there one way or the other I just uh thought it was interesting that I found another sports writer who's basically like Hunter Thompson without the drugs, if you can imagine it. So if Hunter was always a little too aggressive for you, if you never got into him, check out Ted Trueblood because he, uh, he literally is like Hunter without the drugs, just this like old, wily guy who's pretty funny. So I'm going to read this story. The reason it's in here is because hunting is uh, another ritual you could consider. It's one of the advanced ones. Taking a life is a big deal, but the nature of our contract with reality requires that you take resources. And so I believe that in order to fully appreciate that, you have to do it. You have to kill a chicken and eat it. You have to cut a goat's throat, whatever it is. I recommend doing it humanely and quickly. I actually don't recommend cutting animals' throats. A bullet to the head is pretty fucking humane. But... These are heavy, heavy, heavy things. I didn't create this world. Don't blame me, okay? You're such an evil murderer. Just want to murder animals. No, dude. Grizzly bears are pretty not nice, okay? Just look at nature. Nature is already explaining how things should be. Should they be brutal? But they just have to be. Sorry. Ted Trueblood. This guy's so funny. Boom. This is chapter 32. The wild, wild pheasant. <clears throat> and when you open to this chapter, you see a black and white picture of a, a male pheasant laying on what looks like a hunting jacket with an old shotgun double barrel over under. It has two triggers, and there's a couple shells on top of it. The caption under the photograph says, 
Once in a great while, a cock pheasant makes a mistake. Chapter 32, The Wild Wild Pheasant Late of a wintry day in the year 12,000 B.C., two birds huddled uncomfortably in the scant shelter of a bamboo thicket on the side of a mountain in China. The lonesome wind rattled the stalks dismally, and the cold, cold rain drove through. In the valley below, beside a tiny field hacked from the forest, was the hut of a peasant. Dim light from a flickering fire shone around the edges of the goat hide stretched over the door, and smoke rose from the chimney. The hut boasted neither patio nor swimming pool, but it looked like heaven to the two birds. Their own bamboo shelter was very well ventilated, and now, as the raw dusk settled over the countryside, it was obvious that they would spend a long, cold night. One of them, a jungle cock, finally shook the rain off his feathers and said to his companion, Kid, this is for the birds. Look at that farmer down there. He has a snug house, a warm fire. He has plenty to eat, and he doesn't have to scratch for it in the dead of winter either. Tomorrow, I will become his chicken. <laughs> I'm sorry. I've tried to read this so many fucking times without laughing. <laughs> Listen, no disparagement to these birds. I'm just saying. I'm just saying it has to be super fucking hard times for a masculine bird to make these kind of remarks. Okay, I just. <laughs> I'm sorry. Here we go. <clears throat> he has a snug house and a warm fire. He has plenty to eat. He doesn't have to scratch around in the dead of winter either. Tomorrow, I will become his chicken. What I want is security. The other bird, a pheasant, also shook the water off. You could chicken out if you like, he said. Wait, hold on. I need to pick a fucking accent for this chicken. It's a pheasant. A pheasant. He's got a pheasant. He's proper. He has a fun. He's got his dignity. The other bird, a pheasant, also shook the water off. You can chicken out if you like. No, that's fucking Australian. Weak. You can, you can chicken out. Mm, got it, got it, got it. Here we go. Here we go. Check five, nine, seven, eight, two, spring. Spring valley, five, three, three, echo. The other bird, a pheasant, also shook the water off. You can chicken out if you like, he said, fixing his companion with a contemptuous stare. But by the law of the gods, only one thing will buy security, and that is freedom. If you're willing to trade your freedom for security, go ahead. You will live in a chicken house with a pen around it to protect you from the foxes, the farmer will feed you every day. You will never go hungry, and you will never be cold. But neither you nor your grandchildren will ever be free again. The cock thought it over, but it was a miserable night, and every time the wind rattled the bamboo and woke him up, 
he imagined how nice it would be to live in a snug chicken house with plenty to eat and no foxes prowling around below. So the next morning, he rustled up a jungle hen and sold her on the idea that hiking down to the farm and <laughs> of hiking down to the farm and becoming chickens. <clears throat> and that, my friends, was the beginning of the poultry business. And to this day, nothing has more security or less freedom than a chicken. The pheasant weathered it out. He gritted his beak and got even wilder and tougher, if that's possible. Each spring, he'd sit on the bamboo fence and show the chickens to his children and grandchildren and great-grandchildren and even great-great-great-grandchildren. For he was an extremely wise pheasant and lived to a ripe old age. Look at him come running when the farmer rattles his feed bucket, he'd say with a sneer. They're getting their unemployment compensation. They couldn't make a living if they had to save their own lazy lives. Why, they can't even fly. Then he'd crow disdainfully and peck a few holes in the farmer's melons just for spite and fly away into the woods with all the young pheasants before the farmer could knock one of them over with his slingshot. He really dinged that lesson into them and they dinged it into their children. And they, in turn, dinged it into theirs as a result of the pheasant. Excuse me. And as a result, the pheasant is now one of the very few creatures that have lived in close proximity to man. Let me take that again. And as a result, the pheasant is now one of the very few creatures that have lived in close proximity to man for thousands of years and still remain all their original wildness. Retain. And that was a rather poor reading of Ted Trueblood's Wilderness Treasury. Lately, my ritual has all been about nature. Which brings me to my final point before the music. It's just boom, boom, boom. I don't understand. What's the big deal? This is a good one. But consider the fact that we just came out with Snow Leopard Wilderness Institute t-shirts. So consider getting your official licensed Snow Leopard Wilderness Institute and Invisible College t-shirt. This is our only source of income for the podcast right now. We're going to keep it simple and clean and dramatic, okay? Okay. Couple good book reads, a bunch of bullshit about Halloween. This guy's out of control. Every week, new direction. Okay, so here's the mix. Here's the DJ mix, all right? And I... uh I encourage you to take this one seriously. Get the right dosage. Put your fucking running shoes on. No excuses. Get out there and exercise. I mentor several people on a personal level. I cannot tell you. And this is just out of fucking... Just because I talk to my friends. 
These aren't like paid, you know, customers or something. I have done that in the past. I'm not doing that right now. I'm considering it. So if you have money and you'd like a mentor. No, um, my point is it's hard as fuck to get people to do stuff unless they're invested in it. So if you make somebody pay $100 to do something, they're more likely to go do it than if you just, out of the kindness of your heart, say, hey, man, hey, man, listen to this music mix, man. It's really good for you, man. But don't just listen to it, man. You got to put it in headphones, man. You got to go running on the trail, man. Like where there's like snakes and mongoose and stuff, man. You know? Like a real mountain trail, man. You know, you got to get up there like on a trail, man. If you notice this podcast being a little more loose than previous podcasts, it's because its author is very tired. And I have to wrap this up because I got to get back to the homesies. Take over for the Bay Bay. Little baby. Have kids, it'll make your life concise. But for now, take this shit seriously. Think about your rituals. If it means just lighting a candle, light a candle. Think about your forebearers, okay? But what I would encourage, seriously, and this is the nut of this whole podcast, what I would encourage seriously is for you to divest yourself of any institutional programming you have about what any of these holidays throughout the year mean to you, what they mean to you. Like, just forget all that shit, okay? And remember, I'm speaking to myself here. Just forget all that programming and then create new meaning based on your own tribe. Instead of memorizing random histories of other random people, memorize your family's history. Find things that coincide with it. You know? It will make your entire experience richer if you know history about what it is that you are. If you don't know, you can look into things generally. We have incredible resources as far as DNA goes. Just be careful. You may be signing over your rights to have somebody fucking use you in some freaky new experiment. Shit's going to get weird, man. I keep saying that. Shit's already weird, man. Shit's been weird for a long time. Shit's never not been weird, man. Okay, that's more true. I love you, ladies and germs. Uh, It's been really a pleasure. Basically, I've been on cloud nine because I sort of leveled up here in town in this Los Angeles Hollywood place. I did a milestone in my career here. I'll talk about it as soon as it is live. I can't yet. It's not that huge, but it did take a lot of work to get to that stage. Anyway, grateful am I, Yoda style. And, uh... Basically, because of my own family's emotional tribal rituals, we had a, I had an emotional trajectory this month that was extremely straining. I'm still feeling that strain, which is why I'm not talking about it specifically. (laughs) But it was when this music came out. And so I would encourage you to indulge this seriously. I'm really grateful to be able to share this with you. It's probably the easily... The best electronic music I've ever mixed. There's a lot of energy and movement in it. And if you take it running, I promise, or lift weights to it, seriously, I promise you, uh, 
It will help you get to the next level. This is the real deal here. We're going to be there. Live show's coming soon. Hopefully in Hawaii in January and then maybe in Taos also towards the end of January. Um, check that out at maverickmatthews.com. I have no further information to report. Maverick Matthews pepper for your steak. I'm driving around town and all I can see are strip malls and buildings. And I recently had, it wasn't an epiphany, it was a teaching. I was recently given a teaching, which put it all together, it brought everything together.
Hey guys, this is Maverick. Thanks for listening to the Map Mix. T-shirts are now available at maverickmatthews.com. So go to the website and buy yourself a T-shirt. This is the only source of income for this podcast because I didn't want to have advertisers fucking your ear holes and all this other dumb shit. Well, looks like I ended up fucking your ear holes anyway. Thank you. It's been a pleasure. Whether or not you buy the t-shirts, I'm glad we had that mix. Keep on trucking. Until next time. Have a fish steak.